From Forward, Montana, this is What the Helena. Hello, welcome back. It's Valentine's Day and things are heating up in Helena. If you thought we were coming in with candy hearts and sweet nothings, think again, lovebugs. You might be asking, with so many bad things happening, where do I even begin? First things first, we hear you. If you're feeling overwhelmed, here's our advice. Start small. Pick one bill or issue you care about and stick with it. Next thing you know, you'll have your legislator's phone number on speed dial. And you can always uh, share our podcast. (laughs) When you're done, treat yourself to a hot bath, some chocolate-covered strawberries, or a romantic moonlit walk. You deserve it. We'd really like to dump these efforts to make it harder for folks to register to vote and cast their ballots. House Bill 176, the bill to end same-day voter registration, will have a hearing tomorrow morning. Send a message to the Senate State Admin Committee, ASAP, urging them to vote no. Senate Bill 169, which would enact stricter photo ID requirements in order to cast a ballot, is headed to the House. Write your representatives and ask them to vote no on Senate Bill 169. It's time to tell these unfaithful bills that we just don't have the same values. It's not me. It's you. We'll all be better off without them. Before we move on, let's first acknowledge that we are on stolen territory that belongs to indigenous nations who have cared for this land for generations. Tribal nations are sovereign, meaning they have the right to self-governance and oversee their own land and resources. They have a unique government-to-government relationship with the federal government. House Bill 241, sponsored by Representative Joe Reed of Ronan, would have allowed non-tribal citizens to hunt on fee lands within the boundaries of an Indian reservation. The bill didn't pass committee, but it's just one example of the harmful overreach into tribal affairs that Native nations have been fighting for decades. Representative Tyson Runningwolf of Browning called the bill, quote, the biggest attack on tribal sovereignty led by the state in 25 years, end quote. Legislation like this continues to erode trust between tribes and state agencies, and House Bill 241 would have encountered immediate legal challenges, costing the state hundreds of thousands to litigate. Needless to say, Representative Reed consulted neither the tribes nor the American Indian Caucus on the bill. House Bill 102, which would allow concealed carry on college campuses, yikes, is headed to the governor's desk. After a bill passes both the House and the Senate, Governor Gianforte has 10 days to sign, veto, or do nothing. If he signs or does nothing, the bill becomes law. Unfortunately, in House Bill 102's case, all signs point to a stamp of approval. House Bill 102's attempt to override the Board of Regents, who have complete authority over the Montana University system, raises constitutional questions. It will likely take a trip to the courts. The fight for suicide prevention and anti-gun violence continues. Please consider donating to some of the organizations leading the way on this important work, including Every Town for Gun Safety, Moms Demand Action Montana, and Suffer Out Loud Montana. I'll drop all of those links in the description as well. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-TALK. 
Consider this our love letter to everyone who took action on a wildly hurtful piece of legislation that was withdrawn just minutes before its hearing last week. Senate Bill 195, sponsored by Senator Tom McGilvery of Billings, aimed to explicitly exclude incarcerated people, including minors, from the protections of the Montana Human Rights Act. This means if an incarcerated person was denied access to a wheelchair-accessible cell, a sign language interpreter, hormonal medication, religious items, or any other accommodation that's vital to their well-being, this bill would prevent them from bringing discrimination lawsuits against the Department of Corrections. Seriously, what the This last-minute plot twist was likely because of the sheer number of conscientious Montanans who reached out to our legislators and stood up for human rights. Thanks, you beautiful tropical fish. We got a crush on y'all. Speaking of bills we thought we'd broken up with, remember House Bill 113, the super gross bill that aimed to prevent trans and gender nonconforming minors from receiving gender-affirming health care? The bill that garnered overwhelming opposition from Montanans and that died on the House floor? Well, folks, it's time for round two. Representative Jennifer Carlson of Manhattan is getting ready to introduce a new bill with the same misleading title, Provide for Youth Health Protection. We're not totally sure what this means yet, but we will be watching very closely because this sequel is definitely a cause for concern. These people are going to give me an ulcer. I know today is all about love, but we still have our... Love is in the air, and so are tax cuts for the wealthy. If you got your sweetheart a Tax the Rich t-shirt for Valentine's Day, perfect timing. Senate Bill 159, a priority of the governor and carried by Senator Greg Hertz of Polson, is a tax cut bill, which might sound cool, but guess what? It only benefits the wealthy. We have our villain of the week to thank for that. Let's crunch some numbers. The wealthiest 20% of Montanans would be getting a tax cut of at least $1,400. Meanwhile, if you make less than $34,000 a year, you would get 0 to $12 in tax cuts. You might be able to buy yourself a box of chocolates off the sale rack. Kansas already tested out a similar experiment, and it went very, very poorly. Senate Bill 159 would result in a $30 million loss to the state's revenue annually, taking away from crucial services that many Montanans rely on. We can think of approximately a thousand better ways to spend this money. Affordable tuition, access to mental health services, a free dog for every Montanan. The list goes on. Take it from us, there's nothing more romantic than reaching out to your senators ASAP to tell them to vote no on Senate Bill 159. After you've contacted your legislators, sign the petition linked in the description to stay engaged in the budget this session. Our legislators need to hear from us that cutting the budget during a pandemic is irresponsible. Representative Hertz, we've composed this poem just for you. <clears throat> There once was a senator called Hertz, whose ideas were simply the worst. He'd steal from the poor to give the rich more and leave his constituents in the dirt.
Now for something a little sweeter, let's move on to our Hero of the Week. This Valentine's Day, we're sending roses to Senator Shane Morjo of Missoula. Senator Morjo sponsored Senate Bill 146, which would replace Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day as an official state holiday. At the hearing, Senator Morjo described his experience with Columbus Day as a member of the Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes. Quote, I dread the annual celebration of a man who murdered and exterminated innocent Native people, end quote, he told the committee. Rather than idealize a violent colonizer, Indigenous Peoples Day honors the unique stories and cultures of Montana tribes. It's a first step toward reckoning with the truth of our state's history. Senator Morjo's powerful remarks reflected a years-long effort to establish Indigenous Peoples Day. The Senate State Administration Committee hasn't yet voted on Senate Bill 146. You still have time to slip them a note in support of Indigenous Peoples Day. We appreciate Senator Morjo's commitment to a future where Indigenous peoples are uplifted, appreciated, and celebrated. This one goes out to Senator Morjo. Roses are red. The ocean is blue. America has history before 1492. This week, I got to spend some time with Keaton Sunchild, the political director at Western Native Voice. We talked about some of the voting rights legislation we're up against this session, as well as a few of the many barriers to voting that Indigenous communities in Montana face. Take it away, Keaton. Yeah, so my name is Keaton Sunchild. I am the political director for Western Native Voice. Um, so do a lot of the policy work, um, lobbying efforts down in Helena, as well as political and civic uh, education and engagement across Indian country in Montana and a little bit in Idaho. What drew you to this work? Um, so I've always kind of been involved or interested in politics. Um, in 2018, I ran for state legislature in Great Falls in House District 20. Um, I was a senior in high school at the time when I announced and then I was a freshman in college um, on election day. And uh, after that, obviously lost that race. And after that, um, just kind of tried to stay engaged in the process as much as possible, just trying to help uh, as many people as I could. Um, I've always been a big believer in helping the people who helped me get to where I am. And so when this job opportunity came along, I didn't want to pass it up and wanted to make sure that, you know, I could help such a large part of Montana's population. Totally. Along those lines, something that we're thinking about a lot right now is voting rights. And obviously there's a lot going on in the legislature surrounding that right now. Um, do you want to talk about some of that legislation we're seeing, um, which bills you're watching and why? Yeah. Um, so we hadn't seen a lot of it in early on in the session until about two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago, um, House Bill 176. Um, which would change the date in which people could register to vote. Um, as it's written right now, it would end voter registration at noon the Monday before Election Day. Um, that's concerning to us because, um, especially in Indian country, it's so far for a lot of folks to drive. 
um, that we're, we're taking away, you know, a whole day. And a lot of tribal businesses, tribal offices are closed on election day so that tribal members can go vote, but they're not going to be closed that Monday before, um, you know, and that's, that doesn't help. And that's just disenfranchising, you know, almost 7% of the population. And we want our legislative body to be as representative of our state as possible. And by closing off same-day voter registration, which has always been a hallmark of Montana's elections since, you know, 2005, um, you know, that's kind of taking away both something that's made Montana really unique when it comes to our elections and taking away a chance to be as representative as possible of the population we have here. Um, and then we have um, another voter ID law or voter ID bill, Senate Bill 169, I believe, um, that would just make it a little harder for folks to uh, vote. Um, there's a financial aspect to getting an ID, whether that's a state ID, um, a passport, tribal ID, whatever it may be. And I think that a lot of the people that are making these laws kind of forget about that. Um, these are people that are barely getting by, barely making it paycheck to paycheck if they're making it at all. Um, a lot of them don't have transportation to get to the DMV or the tribal enrollment office. And sometimes they might live miles from the tribal office. And, you know, that's even more out-of-pocket expenses they have. And again, it's just a blatant attempt to disenfranchise a certain section of the population here in Montana, whether that's Native Americans, whether that's rural Montanans or, or low-income Montanans. I think it's no secret that, you know, this is a pretty overt attempt at uh, kind of ostracizing a, a group of people. Totally. Yeah. Um, so we're talking a little bit about some of these barriers that Native communities face to voting, whether that's like the distance that people have to drive to their polling place or the cost of getting those IDs um, and things like that. Um, what are some of those other barriers? And do you see any opportunities for the legislature to increase access to the ballot box, whether that's this session or somewhere down the line? Yeah, so um, you could, we kind of hit on some of them, you know, the financial, the distance. Another big one is just intimidation. Um, you know, there's, a, there's several instances this last election where I was getting phone calls uh, on election day saying there's billboards you know, this is tribal tyranny, um, go back to your teepees, um, this isn't your reservation, things like that that just don't make Native Americans comfortable going to drop off their ballots. I mean, I know that if I had to drive by that, that would, you know, give me a little bit of an uneasy feeling. Um, and there's really no repercussions for that as far as the legislature could take. I mean, it's technically free speech and falls under the First Amendment, um, you know, but I think we have to try to look at that fine line and the slippery slope of what's free speech and what's hate speech. Um, and maybe that's something that comes from a study bill. Um, you know, I'm certainly not one to limit free speech, but I think that when you're um, so obviously calling out one demographic, um, that's where we need to start taking a look at 
you know, is this something that we can fix? Um, or is this something we need to address? Um, and then another thing is just access to, to locations. Um, obviously there's the distance factor, but a lot of reservations don't have, even at the satellite locations, they have funny hours. Um, some of them might be one to three, right in the middle of the working day. Um, and I think out of the seven reservations, there was a total of 40 some hours. Um, so, you know, spread across seven reservations for almost a month, that's really not that much time. Um, you know, you think of people in urban areas. I mean, my county election office in Great Falls, that's open from seven to five, and there's always a 24 seven drop box that I can go slip my ballot in. And, you know, somebody living in Box Elder, either you have to drive to Hill County, which again, circles back to the intimidation and the racism aspect of things, or you have to wait, you know, for the two hour time slot and maybe you have to work something out with your employer or whatnot. And so I think there's just a lot of, well, we gave you this, so why are you complaining about, you know, this other thing? You know, we gave you satellite offices, now why are you complaining about when they're open? Versus, oh, okay, we didn't foresee this coming, let's see how we can change it. It's more of a, why are you asking for more? Thank you for that answer. Um, here's hoping for a future where the legislature actually looks like Montana and can start to sort of tackle some of these huge, huge problems that you're talking about. Um, and I guess kind of related to that, something we've been thinking about a lot is how draining this work is for so many of us and would love to just talk about how you take time to take care of yourself, um, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, um, for me, it certainly has been a little bit of a learning curve. Um, you can probably hear my puppy in the background. <laughs> um, walking him, hanging out with him in the evenings afterwards has been um, a good way to decompress and to kind of um, forget about some things, um, you know, puts things in perspective. Um, I watch a lot of meaningless TV. Mm -hmm. I eat. Um, you know, I think that was the hard part for me in the beginning was remembering to eat. Because yeah. um, there were times where I get to the Capitol at six thirty, seven in the morning and then, you know, leaving at six at night and having dinner and whatever Starbucks I could scrounge up throughout the day. Um, but just really remembering to, you know, drink water, uh, eat when you can and to kind of not lose sight of the bigger picture. And, you know, coming into this session, we knew that this was going to be an uphill fight. This was mm -hmm. going to be a grind, um, as I'm sure you guys uh, did as well. Um, and so I think it's just kind of not letting all of it get to you and just kind of taking the losses um, and making them not as detrimental um, and being satisfied with, you know, the little bit of progress that we can make um, while trying to keep everything in perspective. Totally. Yeah. I love that it always ranges from like drink water, eat food. And also, yeah, I remember like this is a long haul thinking about big picture. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where can people follow the work that you're doing and get involved? Yeah. So you can uh, like our Facebook page, which is Western Native Voice. 
Um, you can follow us on Twitter, which is W Native Voice. Um, and then I myself tweet about um, kind of the, some of the stuff we're doing from day to day, too. And my Twitter is just Keaton Sunchild. So you can check us out all over there. And uh, our website is westernnativevoice.org. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. Um, yeah, appreciate thanks you taking the time. Definitely give Keaton and Western Native Voice a follow. They are doing super important work. I will leave all of those links in the description. And with that, we leave you for the week. Have a wonderful Galentine's, Palentine's, Valentine's Day. Show yourself some love, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. You can subscribe to What the Helena on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and soon Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.